From Relay FM, this is Virtual, episode number 27. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like, and Squarespace, Build It Beautiful. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined, as always, by the one and only Mr. Federico Vettici. Hi, Federico, how are you? Hello, Sir Michael. How oh, are you? I am very well, Squire. Thank you for your, <laughs> for your kind words there. I, am, uh, I, I have decided that I'm going to uh, call you in different ways each week. So this week I felt like in the mood of uh, you being a sir. Okay. You know? I can Maybe totally that, be on board with that. Um, I know. very much like being called Sir Michael. Sir Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing, doing well, Mike. Oh. Good. Now, we How have a huge, that? huge show today. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I've been playing with this new 3DS. Tell me about this, So tell because this can be an interesting piece of follow-up. So you received your 3DS. Uh, tell me about what it was like, what you think of it and what it was like to, to get it set up. So the summary is that it's been like a love-hate relationship so far hmm. because I love the console. I just hate it the setup process. Basically, uh, I got this 3DS with the Majora's Mask uh, limited edition, the European version with, uh, there's like a poster and a Majora's Mask pin. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with it, so I just put it on my shelf. Anyway, um, I got this new 3DS and I knew that I would need a screwdriver and just a coincidence, basically my dad bought me uh, a set of precision screwdrivers for to fix stuff in my house, and it just happens that there was a Philips um, Philips Zero um, screwdriver in the in the set, so I could use that. Basically, when I went to um, when I went to open the the new 3ds, I realized that I didn't have um, a micro uh, SD adapter. For my MacBook Air, which has a regular SD port, so um, I couldn't use the, my 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 3DS right away. So I needed to drive to the to a local uh, electronics uh, shop at the mall, mm-hmm. uh, also where the Apple Store is located, um, and I bought this new uh, eight gig micro SD card with an adapter. So after dinner, I was very excited to get started with my new 3DS, and, and I said, you know, I could probably just start playing Majora's Mask after dinner. So uh, I followed the instructions, and of course, when I started the uh, transfer process, the eShop was down. So <laughs> I, I couldn't understand the problem, because in theory, I wasn't doing anything for you know, the eShop. I was just doing a local transfer. But apparently, because uh, the 3DS and your Nintendo account needs to authenticate with the eShop, if the eShop is down, you get a you get an error. And so I was getting all sorts of failures and messages. So I tried like twice and and just said uh, the transfer failed. Try again, with no other explanation. I was kind of annoyed, but I was like, yeah, maybe it's my local Wi-Fi uh, connection. So I restarted my 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 modem for some reason. Uh, I went to the other room because maybe the connection was stronger and I tried like other three times and this time I started getting eShop error messages. So basically, I had such bad luck that when I wanted to do the transfer process, the eShop went down in Europe. 
and and it was down for like a couple of hours. So I wasted in total like uh, three hours trying to uh, do this transfer process because it's really slow, by the way. Um, and uh, and and just when I wanted to, the eShop went down. So that was kind of awesome coincidence for me. Um, eventually, I managed to get it to work, and the, the, I did the PC-based transfer, uh, where before there's like a, a local wireless transfer, then you need to put the SD card into your computer, uh, copy a bunch of files, and so eventually I did all this and it worked. I was kind of uh, frustrated initially because of this process, the uh, the, the messages that the errors that I was getting from the eShop, I like I couldn't understand them. There was no, like, it was like, you know when you get these error codes, like a bunch of numbers? Yeah, there's no, they, like, explanation. It's just, yeah, like, error 20456E yeah. or whatever. And and in general, uh, like, when I was done, I I I thought about what I what I needed to go through. And my God, what, what sort of crazy person would think that this is... That this makes sense that you need to do to unscrew a console and do this sort of multiple steps in the in the transfer process and every time you cancel one of these steps you need to start over there's no pause and resume function for these transfers and the, the error messages everything was so confusing and so not user friendly at all it was like I felt like Nintendo hated me for wanting to transfer all my games from one console to another, and that was sort of my hell that I needed to go through because I, <laughs> God forbid, I choose I chose to get a new 3DS, which they sold to me. Still, um, so aside from Nintendo's absurd software and hardware ideas, the console is pretty awesome. I, I gotta say you were you were right. The the 3D is much better. I love the I know I know that our American friends are gonna hate me, but the regular size 3DS is so so beautiful. It is beautiful, uh, isn't it? I love I, I got, love it. I love it. I got the white model with the with the buttons that mm-hmm. are uh, you know the color like the colors like the SNES. Did you get any faceplates? No, no, because um, do you know the um, what is it called? Like um, the paralysis of choice. Oh yeah, so, you couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't decide. Between I them. I couldn't decide. No, but I was like, like I went to um, to the same electronics shop. There's a in the top floor. There's like a Nintendo uh, corner, and there there was a on lunch day. They already had all these faceplates in stock. And there was the Mario faceplate, the Luigi, Peach, Yoshi. There was the um, the one made of uh, the wooden Mario faceplate, which oh. is kind of awesome. And it was more expensive, I think. Right. I couldn't choose. I, I like I wanted them all, and I knew that if I was going to buy one, I would regret not picking up the other ones. So I I know that this doesn't make sense, but I don't think I'm going to get a faceplate. Oh. Because uh, I'm just going to keep it regular, because I, otherwise I'm going to want all the faceplates. It's like the Amiibo. You know, and now I bought one, and now I want them all. Oh, I want more of them. I got my Yoshi one came, and I love it. Uh, but I, I want to, I want more of them. So I, I'm, I'm doing See? what See? you're scared of, basically. I'm going to yeah, be buying. I more. know. Yeah, because I, these things that you're supposed to collect, once you start, you, you want the full collection. 
So I don't want to spend half of my salary each month on Amiibo figurines. Because, I mean, they're awesome, but, you know, uh, I cannot keep them all around the house. Um, so I don't think I'm getting a faceplate. I'm just going to keep it regular. And because, it, I mean, it's the console, it's white, it looks, looks great. And otherwise, I just, I, I'm just going to get all the faceplates because I know myself. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them all. It's like Pokemon. Um, no way I'm doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot do that. Uh, the 3D is much better. Um, I like that you can uh, that you can move your uh, your head and it doesn't lose tr- uh, doesn't lose the three D effect. How great I also is that? No- I also noticed that sometimes if you move your eyes or your if you tilt your head slowly, it kind of flickers. Yeah, the- that's what I was trying to explain last week. What it's yeah. doing is it loses you. Yeah, and, for like for a brief moment. Yeah, like the best way to do it is look away. Like just turn your head to the yeah. side and quickly yeah. turn it back and you'll see it just for a second as it adjusts. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Do you see that like in the camera there's like a red dot? Yeah, but it's not always there. But that's well, I assume yeah. that's the infrared. Like, cause, because uh, so weird. <laughs> I was playing in the dark and it was still working. Hmm. So they've obviously thought of this and they're using infrared for it because the, the infrared can see you in the dark. Um because it's radar, it's not looking at you. You know, so um, I was very, I was very impressed by it. Actually, I, I didn't think it would work, but it does. Yeah, it does work. And my last note um, is the C stick. Very interesting because you told me that it didn't move, yeah. and I couldn't quite believe you, or rather, I couldn't quite understand the feeling of not moving. And it doesn't move. Doesn't move. <laughs> you were right. It doesn't move at all. But it, but it kind of, but it works. It's just weird because you use your finger, you apply some sort of pressure, and it doesn't move. But then you see the result on screen, mm-hmm. and 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 it's amazing. So you kind of Sky, just have to trust it works. Yeah, you, you kind of have to take a leap of faith with the C-Stick. I couldn't um, play Majora without it. I don't know how you could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in Ocarina, you didn't you didn't have uh, the C-Stick, and it's. Let me tell you, I played portable Zeldas before, and this is a major game changer. Being able to rotate the camera in this way. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, great, great hardware. Some really questionable choices from Nintendo. Um, I mean, at least give me the screwdriver, you know, or an adapter or whatever. Don't don't force me to open the console. I don't know. I don't know. So so weird sometimes. Anyway, we have a nice. bunch of stuff. Like we have we have a ton of links, and there's actually three games. That I want to talk mm-hmm. about today. We're so, just gonna run them. Yeah, we're just gonna to, through to speed for us. So let me take a quick break. We'll thank our first sponsor, and then we'll get we'll get cracking. Awesome. But just overall, though, you're happy with the console, right? Oh yeah, you're happy Super with the happy. upgrade. M- m- very, very much so. Yeah. Good, good, good. good. This episode of Virtual is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you can share news, organize your files, coordinate calendars, and manage projects all in one place. It's a fantastic way for you and your team to work together and socialize together as well. Igloo's internet works on any mobile device. It works on any device at all because their entire intranet platform is built with responsive design in mind. So you can do anything from read a document, managing your tasks, or sharing a photo of your lunch to maybe administrative tasks like managing your settings. You can do all of that on Igloo and it's going to show up and look fantastic on any device. Igloo allows you to work how you want, where you want 
whenever you want. Igloo's latest upgrade, Viking, revolves around documents and how you interact with them, gather feedback, and make changes. They've added the ability to track who has read critical information to keep everyone on the same page. It's kind of like read receipts in your email. Um, It helps you track whether employees have read and acknowledged policies, signed off on legal agreements, or confirmed completion of training materials. It's just a great way to make sure that if you have something that people need to look at, you know that they've looked at it without them needing to like tell you, which is just a nice way to work. Best of all, Igloo's platform is super customizable because you can change exactly how your Igloo will look and function. Uh, You can add what you need and what you don't need really easily, and you can even customize this for certain groups within your team. And all of the changes that you make will show up everywhere on all devices instantly. If your company has a legacy intranet that looks like it was built in the 90s, you should be giving Igloo a try. Igloo is free to use of up to 10 people, and you can sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash virtual. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and Relay FM. So Mike, tell me about the latest in Twitch Plays Pokemon. Oh, this is really cool. So you remember I was obsessed with Twitch Plays Pokemon uh, when it first came around. So this is like uh, basically Twitch, the video streaming service. They stream uh, a game of Pokemon, but it is controlled by the people in the chat room. So they all shout commands and it will either do all of the commands that are given to it, or it will do like a voting system. It depends on how many people are at a certain time or they, they set like different uh, play modes at different times. They've played all of the Pokemon games. They've played and beat them all. Uh, there was like an entire religion created. Do you remember that? Wow. Do you remember the religion? I think it was of the... Um, oh, the... Po- yes. The fossilized Pokemon. The fossil Omanite. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, and they, it had like this, this name, Twitch yeah. Religion... Uh, I'm going to play Twitch Plays. I'm searching for it now. Plays Pokemon Religion. Oh, my night. Man, I'm, I just remembered that. Like, what was that? I'm trying to find it now. Oh, come uh, there's a There's a Reddit thread. Why is Omanite considered a god? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that. I'll the Helix it. fossil. The Helix. Uh, yes. Con- consulting the Helix. There was, but there was this whole like religion created. It was incredible. Uh, I was so fascinated by it because it was just one of those things where it was like the internet working together to create something amazing. But anyway, so now they've gone all the way around and they're going back to red and blue. Um, but this, the, the, the Church of Helix, Church of Helix. Yep, that's it. That Helix. is it. <laughs> um, so they're basically yeah, they're going back to the start and they're going with it's either red or blue i'm not sure which one and basically this game has been set up and customized that the game will only end when they have caught every single pokemon all 151 has even been modified to catch mew like so this one like every other game they've played through the main story and it ends but this time they have to catch every single pokemon and and defeat the elite four this is crazy like, I mean, how how can they do this? So there have been some other things that have been modified. So, like, Master Balls can be purchased. Um, so that's one way to help. Yeah, and, but they're super expensive, I think. Yeah, of course. And the difficulty <laughs> and stuff has been amended. Um, and so there there are a bunch of customizations that have been made. But it's it's incredible. Like, by all intents and purposes they will do this like basically the thing is it's like so many things have happened in this game like in this whole thing you would never expect that it would be possible like all the things that they've done 
So you see something else and you're like, there's no way they can do this, but they've done everything else. Even just beating any of the games in this way seems kind of impossible, but they've done it. You know, the, the people of Twitch have done it. So I believe that they will do it. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear about how this unfolds. Incredible. Really, really incredible. Um, anyway, um, speaking of videos, Mike. Yes. This is really strange and I guess a sign of modern times. Uh, you know the game The Order uh, 1886 mm-hmm. for PlayStation? It came out, uh, I think, yesterday or today it comes out. Anyway, uh, reviews were published yesterday. But what's interesting is that uh, at the end of last week, or at least a few days ago, a full playthrough of the game was leaked on YouTube, uh, on a channel that I don't remember the name. Anyway, multiple videos showing the full game. And the problem is that the full playthrough to get to the end was only five hours. So for a game that's been hyped and... Uh, you know, uh, talked about so much uh, for PlayStation 4, uh, it basically uh, it destroyed all the anticipation for this game. And Kotaku has a great article on this whole um, story. Uh, basically, this, this single YouTube leak derailed completely the launch of this huge PS4 exclu- exclusive. And it, it basically told people in, in advance that the game was not going to be a good one, that it was full of uh, basically um, cutscenes, that the, mm, the majority of the gameplay was kind of boring and repetitive, and that basically all you needed to do in, in the game was uh, quick time events. So um, basically like animated cutscenes that you control by pressing buttons in, you know, on time. And what's, what was even, uh, you know, uh, more... Uh, peculiar about this is that the press was obviously playing the game when it was leaked on YouTube, but they, they couldn't say anything about the game because they were under embargo. So they, they couldn't say, yep, the, we saw the video, we're playing the game, the game sucks. They needed to wait until yesterday to write in these reviews that the game does indeed, uh, you know, disappoint in a lot of ways. And to me, this is interesting because first, how can this happen? Like, how can anyone risk, you know, putting a game up on YouTube and, you know, risk of being identified? They don't and care. Second, if they think they're going to get a scoop, maybe, they don't care. Maybe some, some people just select to live dangerously. I don't know. Um, but also, it, kinda, it is indicative in a way of uh, the age that we live in that, you know, this couldn't be possible before YouTube. Or at least it couldn't be possible before... Uh, I mean, it was possible in the age of forum boards. You could leak screenshots and you could say, yeah, I played the game and, and it's only five hours. But it couldn't show definitive proof of, you know, a leaked playthrough. Yeah. And, I mean, one of the many changes that YouTube brought to the to the video game industry, I think. So the game, like, the five hours for the game um, is not necessarily a bad thing if the game is worth it. But what it seems like is... That it's this it, huge it, exclusive title, this like, you know, it's a PlayStation 4 exclusive title, big one. They've been hyping it for ages. And not only is it like a short game, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so that is a problem. You know, like Watch Dogs wasn't great, but there was a lot of it. So you kind of got your money's worth because you could keep playing it. But 
if you value length in in games, then this is definitely not one for you. I think it's a shame that that they weren't able to give people value for money in either way, like either by creating a game that was like you must play or by creating a game that was just like huge and awesome and sprawling because it looks amazing. Right, yep. it looks so good. So I was listening to Quality Control, which is Polygon's review podcast, and I think it was Griffin McElroy. He's the usual host. Is it Griffin? Uh, I'll, I'll check. Um, and uh, and I think I think it's just anyway. It's either Justin or Griffin that hosts it, and he was actually doing. He did the review, so he was talking about it. Um, and basically, he was saying like he's never seen a game look this good. Like he's saying, there were points where he he was in a cutscene and his and his character was just standing still, and then he realized that he wasn't in a cutscene. Hmm. It was the game, and he says he, he said he's never he's never seen anything like that. Yeah, it was Justin McElroy, and so uh, I I kind of want to try it, but I don't want to pay that money for it if it's not good. So I'm, I'm going to wait for another game that looks like good, like Uncharted or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, so. Majora's Mask, we mentioned uh, before in our follow-up. Uh, one thing that I noticed in the game, um, but actually not strictly about the game, is that because I always, uh, games that I care about, uh, I still buy physical copies. I know that you don't, Mike, because you like to buy stuff from the eShop, but I buy physical copies from my video game store owner friend. And unlike Ocarina of Time 3D, uh, this one doesn't have an, ex- an instructional manual. There's no, there's no manual at all. Nothing. Just the, uh, the, the like the disclaimer uh, thing that Nintendo puts in boxes, like safety information and stuff. But there's no Majora's Mask manual, which is really sad. And Kotaku noticed, and there's a, a post about the set, the set state of instruction booklets, and. It's uh, it's really sad. I I I I know that you know wasting paper is bad for the environment and stuff. Um, but I kind of I kind of miss the times where uh, instruction manuals were sort of works of art that they had. You know, all these extra illustrations. Uh, you know, maybe a summary of the story. There were the last few pages in the, in the manuals. So you could take notes uh, about the game. And I guess. Again, modern times we don't we don't need paper anymore. Uh, on the on the Wii U, Nintendo is is putting manuals as digital menus uh, directly in the Wii U in the Wii U software interface. But they don't do the same thing on the 3DS, uh, which is kind of weird. And there's many there's there's a lot of pla- uh, platform fragmentation when it comes to Nintendo. They do some stuff on the 3DS, they don't do other on the Wii U. It's it's kind of strange. Um, Still, I, I miss manuals sometimes. And um, I remember, uh, it was many years ago, maybe 10 years ago, um, when the first God of War came out on PlayStation 2, um, <laughs> the, the instruction manual was, was super... I mean, it was kind of funny because it, they tried to, to make this sort of um, epic story um, about Kratos and the, the world of God of War. And any <laughs> because it was it, the translation was kind of hilarious, and we we used to, to like my friends used to mock the the instruction manual of God of War and read it like 
You know, like the trailer, the, the, the epic voices in movie trailers? In a world. Exactly. We used to read the introduction of God of War in that way. <laughs> it was some, sometimes many Italian translations. They're so bad. <laughs> so, so bad. Um, speaking of Wii U and Nintendo in general, uh, did you see the news that you can use Amiibo to unlock highlights from NES and SNES games? Yeah, I think that's something that's coming, right? There's going to be little games attached to them or something. There's going to be a free app in the in the first half of this year coming to Wii U where you can use Amiibo to tap the figurine on the gamepad and you unlock these quick highlights from uh, NES and SNES games. I can only assume that you're going to unlock games relevant to the figurine. Yeah. But then again, it's Nintendo, so you never know. Um, <laughs> this sounds like sort of... Sort of what you have in Super Smash for the Wii U with the masterpieces. It's like small, brief uh, sessions from an old video game. And again, in my the, the, what makes sense, what at least would be the reasonable choice, would be to unlock a game relevant to the figurine and also have some sort of... If you want to play more of this game, because it's going to be time-limited and only, you know, uh, only a brief scene... If you want to play the full game, go buy on the virtual console. And maybe, I don't know, have a discount for people who already bought the Amiibo. But because it's Nintendo, <laughs> I mean, are they going to do some sort of, you know, cross-service thing where you tap the figurine, you play a demo, let's say, and then there's a there's like a you press a menu and you go to the virtual console to unlock the full game? I mean, that would make sense, right? Because you're basically rewarding people for buying, you know, uh, this custom toy. But it's Nintendo. And of course, it's only on the Wii U. And it, there's no word on a 3DS version. Um, so. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Just, um, I'm, makes I'm sense scared of to give you a little bit Wii more, U. you know, for, for, yeah. for taking one. It's interesting to use hardware to sell old software. I think. Mm. And especially Nintendo is uniquely positioned to do so because they have all these characters that they're perfect for toys. I mean, Microsoft cannot do this sort of stuff or Sony. Uh, they have these characters they can sell as figurines. They have NFC in all their consoles now. They have this huge catalog of old games. Maybe it's about time they started to properly leverage this catalog. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like so we've Nintendo asked, did. like we've asked and begged many, many times. Um, Nintendo also, you know, when they when they used to be, I think, smarter uh, back in the eighties. Um, I read this great article on US Gamer this week. Uh, Twenty five years ago, uh, the, the Super Mario Bros. Three was about to launch in America, and Nintendo had this basically perfect. Uh, marketing campaign for the game. So back in the 80s, I, I, I think actually it's, uh, it's the early 90s in America, Nintendo uh, was, you know, enjoying a massive popularity when it came to Mario. Uh, kids were obsessed with Mario and they were obsessed with the Nintendo. And they, they launched this crazy TV commercial. Um, it's basically like people dressed in different colors just uh, saying Mario, Mario over and over. And the camera zooms out and it shows all these people together 
and then it zooms out again and it shows Earth from from space, and there's like the face of Mario in 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 the middle of America, and it said basically the commercial says uh, like new Super Mario Bros. Three you only had to ask, and so there was crazy anticipation for this game, and the game came out 18 months before in Japan, so people were really waiting for you know the, the new Mario Three as it used to be called on the NES. And also, aside from the commercial, Nintendo did this movie. Uh, it actually, it's not the uh, movie by Nintendo, but Nintendo had this collaboration. The, 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 the movie is called The Wizard. And it's, uh, I never seen the movie. I only read about it many times on the, on the web before. It's about a kid who manages to um, like become a champion of the NES. And he uses the Power Glove, I think. And... The deal about this movie that is that it shows an exclusive unseen footage of the game of Mario Bros. 3. Mm. And so kids went to see the movie. They <laughs> had they had I a TV commercial. Yeah, yeah. They had a TV commercial. And so, you know, and Mario Bros. 3 was a ended up being a, su- a success. And also a great game. Super difficult game, uh, but a success. And in in the in the old days. There was no YouTube. There was no press embargo on the internet. There was no Twitter. <laughs> Game releases used to be weird. You, you had to ask to, to physical stores about when when is the game going to be out? There was no yep. uh, official release date. You just need to guess. Or maybe there was like the kid at school who says, you know, in the other store I found the game. Go to the other store, man. Nowadays, you just you just wait for a specific day and you go to the store or maybe just buy online. There was some sort of romance, I think, and epicness about finding a game. I don't know. It's not like and just nostalgic, nostalgic for game releases. It's it's a thing. It's a very specific type of nostalgia. But it's a nostalgia nonetheless. <laughs> yes. Tell me, tell me about a game we're waiting for. So it's just a very quick note. Um, we've spoken about this before from Roll7, the developers of Oli Oli. They've announced a kind of release date for Not A Hero, which is their kind of like cover-based shooting game um, that they're working on. Uh, Not A Hero is going to be released on the 7th of May this year uh, on PC via Steam, GOG, and Humble. Uh, PlayStation 4 and Vita releases will follow later this year. No more information at present. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pretty sad. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but, yeah. Is this one of the games you played at EGX? No, they didn't have it. No. Okay. I was very upset about that. I wanted. I asked them and they said no because they had... Uh, it, they had Devolver uh, Digital there instead, or they, or a different publisher. Basically, they, they didn't have that that game there with the publishers. That it was there because Roll Seven weren't there. They're using a publisher mm-hmm. instead. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm hoping it won't be too long. I'm hoping it's one of those things they just haven't nailed down the date yet. But it's going to be like the end of May or something. But we'll see. Yeah. Cool. And that's about it for the links, Mike, I think. All right, Where can le- people find these links? Oh, of course. You can find them at relay.fm slash virtual slash 27 or in your podcast app of choice. Cool. Perfect. This week's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code insert coin at checkout. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. 
When it comes to finding a place for yourself online or your work, maybe you uh, want to set up a store or a blog or uh, a gallery or a portfolio or anything, Squarespace is the place for you. They have really beautiful, really clean, fantastic, simple designs that allow you to craft a home for your project. It's been totally they've, they've totally refined everything over year, over the years, and Squarespace Seven now is better than ever. They have a great platform for building pages. They have a drag and drop page building system. It's super easy to use, and you can kind of master these really powerful tools super easily. They have great new features. Uh, like their cover page that allows you to create a single-page website that looks fantastic and has all the power of a full Squarespace site. They're really good for like intros to your website, or maybe you have a specific project that you want to promote to people coming to your site and you want to just show up like a like a splash page or something beforehand. You can do all of that with their cover page stuff. They've also partnered with Getty Images to provide you with great, awesome photography, great, fantastic stock photography at just $10 an image. This is a deal that you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, Squarespace have great core features as well. They have rock-solid, fast hosting, which is just incredible. They have their commerce platform that allows you to sell digital and physical goods with any Squarespace site. They have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They're always there to help you if you have any questions or queries. They have teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland who are there to help you when you need it. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and you'll get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. And you can sign up for a free trial right now at squarespace.com with no credit card required and you can start building a website straight away. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, you can use the offer code, insert coin, all one word, and you're going to get yourself 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. So thank you so much to Squarespace for helping us out today. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Michael. Yes. Sir Michael, tell me about Majora's Mask. Have you been playing this game? I have, I have, and I have some I have some notes which I'm going to bring up now. Um Where did you save your notes? Uh in drafts. I write okay. them on my iPhone. I keep them hidden from you so you don't know what I'm no, gonna say. I, I ha I have the same system okay. actually. Yeah, I use drafts for notes. So basically You've been playing more than me, I think. Have you mm. done any dungeon? Yeah. Okay, so more than me. Uh, I really love the 3D on this game, and I've been playing it like that. So I've kept the 3D on the whole time, and I think it's partly because of it, whilst it, the game also looks good, and it does help in some aspects, and you can kind of see the perspective of the platforms and stuff like that, um, the new 3DS has fixed it. You know, it's fixed the 3D problems that I had before, so I'm happy to use it on. But the game in general is really beautiful. It's really bright. It's really vivid. Um, I love the way it looks, actually. Yeah. Um, what I love, something I loved about this game is there's no tutorial. Yeah. It's kind yeah, of just yeah, like, just work it out. Yeah. Like, play it. And so this is the first, we should say, we both didn't play Majora's Mask before. Yeah, sure. So this is our debut in this, you know, in Majora and with the 3DS remake. Uh, but yeah, no tutorial. I wanted to say to you, but when we were start talking about the instruction manual, there's no tutorial here. Just, you're, <laughs> you're just brought there in the game and you're on your own. Goodbye. Yeah. Get on with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the the, uh, the first uh, three-day session could be kind of tutorial. I don't know. Yeah, but it doesn't really tell you to use this button. No. I no. do have one frustration about the buttons. Like, there isn't... Like, the attack buttons from when you're Deku and when you're Link are not the same, and it really annoys me, and I'm always doing oh, the yeah. wrong thing. Yeah. I'm always yeah, pressing the wrong thing. Um. The C-stick is really good for camera control. It's just yeah. totally needed in a game like this. Um, 
I was, because I hadn't played this game, I was kind of freaking out that I wasn't going to be playing as Link. <laughs> so how, how far are you? <laughs> yeah, in the me game? too. Um, I need to go do the first dungeon. Um, right, so you are you are Link now. I am, yeah, I am Link. And and what I did is, you know, I'm bad at this sort of stuff. Once I got to to the human Link form, I started just wandering around and talking to people and buying stuff. There we go. And I started exploring the the, the, uh, the terminal field. I think it's called. Um. So yeah, I just started going around and I found a couple of spots that I that I cannot do anything yet because I guess I need a special item. Yeah. And I also I I wanted to get a horse. Um. Uh, I suppose it's a pona. Um. And so I went to the ranch and and I found this weird couple of dudes and they didn't want to get me a horse. Um. So yeah, I was kind of, I was I was kind of sad for the lack of a horse. I in think my, you in need my... to give in to the game's progression a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Um. <laughs> So I started talking to characters. I I took a you know oh, there's a super handy the uh, the bombers notebook. Oh yeah, um, I was going to mention that because my yeah. understanding is that's new. It's new. There was it wasn't in the in the original N64 game. So what it does is it keeps track of missions and how far you are along them, which is super useful for this type of game. Yeah, personally, I was kind of afraid that the game would. Because it's based on the concept that the uh, Termina, which is the the, the 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 town that you're spending time in, and the, the you know the Termina field, it's like the, the Hyrule field around it. Uh, the moon is crashing on Earth in in like in three days, and you have these seventy two hours um, to basically save Termina. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of afraid that these time-based limit would sort of put an anxiety on me because I never like um, games with time limits. I always kind of go, you know, every time there's a stage or a mission or a level when there's a time, a a countdown, it just makes me anxious. And so I was kind of afraid that this game would be the same, but actually it's very much relaxed. At least what I see so far. Wait until you get into a dungeon. Okay. Um, because if if the if the time comes down to to zero to to the third day, you need to start the dungeon over. Yes, you do. Oh. And that happened to me twice. Really? Yeah. So I kind of um something that I don't think you've got to yet is you're able to like transport between the save points. No, I I got that. I the 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 the, the song of uh, right. Let, let me give you a called? tip. When you are going in, before you go into the first dungeon, you go to one of those save points. My yeah. tip for you, because I didn't do this the first two times, so stupid. Once you have activated the the set like the trans like the the teleportation. What did you say it was called? I got it wrong again. The song of something. Yeah, song of something. Once you've <laughs> once you've activated it on the the owl statue outside of the dungeon go back to the clock tower save and start the time again i didn't do this the first two times and i ran out of time and had to do all of the build up to the dungeon twice it takes ages um so that that was my top tip and i will i've now kind of locked into that as a thing but yeah so two two on two different occasions i ran out of time uh whilst going through the dungeon and that sucks it sucks so bad i kind of i'm enjoying the game a lot I kind of wish it wasn't like that, though. 
um, time limit. Yeah, I can see what's interesting about it, but I think I would ultimately enjoy the game more if it wasn't. In saying that, though, maybe it's not correct because it is different. I get frustrated by it, but it is a different mechanic. Um, so maybe maybe the more I play of it, the more I'll embrace it. And once I start to to understand things within its world, like doing that, you know, like saving the game, starting the time again, then going for the bigger dungeons and stuff. Maybe once I really lock into that, it will be uh, more enjoyable. But it, it is really frustrating when you have to do the entire level again and you haven't died, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's it's fun. It is a lot of fun. I am enjoying it, and I'm I have found myself wanting to play more and more. But um, it it is an interesting game. It's a very interesting game, and uh, it really shows off the new device. Yeah, uh, it is dark in places when you, when you talk to people. And, yeah, um, have you seen the world end yet? No. Oh yeah, I that's weird. Uh, one thing I don't. One thing that freaks me out every time, and then you can skip it. But when you put on the Deku mask and Link screams. Oh my god, that was so weird. Oh, it yes. makes me feel terrible. Like thinking about it, then I got like a a shiver in my spine. I don't know why he screams like that every time. Because the transformation is painful. Oh. Just, uh, I don't like it. Like, I don't like freaky. it. Freaky. Very freaky ah. stuff. Like, that. like yeah. the couple of girls dancing. In the in the in the town, did you see those? Uh, uh, maybe just like two girls, like in in a ballet costume. Yeah, I've seen that dancing in front of a wall. It's super weird. <laughs> what are you doing? So creepy. Uh, but yeah, I, I was expect. I think. I mean, I I haven't seen much of the game yet. I played like three hours, just going around after you know you 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 get to Human Link. But I was expecting, I think, something much darker. I don't know. It it can get darker, I guess. Just it is bright. It is colorful. You can go around. There's funny people you can talk to. Uh, I don't know. I was I had this idea that it was kind of a horror game. Well, there <laughs> are a part of it is really creepy. It's weird, like when you talk to the mask guy and the way he moves. Yeah, and it the is faces creepy, like, he makes like. And Tingle and some people like that. There are there are creepy characters in this uh, game. Tingle is awesome. <laughs> yeah, but he's weird though. <laughs> it is weird. Did you read the did you did you see the interview uh with Eiji Onuma about why Tingle is weird? Didn't he say he had nightmares about him or something? Uh, oh, I think it was something else. Go on, tell me. Tell me what it is. So I read this interview a couple of days ago. Basically, Tingle is weird because when when the Zelda team needed to come up with um with a map system for Majora's Mask. Uh, initially, they thought when you walk into a new area, the map just shows up on screen. And instead, they went for, you need to acquire the map. But in, instead of having a regular, you know, you find the map in a treasure chest or something like that, you need, you need to buy the map from, from someone. And who is the kind of person who sells a map? Well, the person who makes a map sells the map to other people. And how can you make a map? Well, you need to you need to fly in the air. You need to float to see the, the formation <laughs> of the ground and you know the corners and stuff. So to fly, they come up with this concept of a man tied to a balloon. And because it needed to be a weird person to who wants to make a map and float over the ground and sell the map to people, so they they just made it weird, a weird person uh, <laughs> who, who floats. Makes a map and then sells the map to you. Man, that is a that is a sick burn to map makers. A, an amazing thought process. Yeah. 
And did you see Tingle's dad in the game? I don't think so. He is like this very much, um, I don't know, like big character. He's like a, it's he's very, he's strong and he has a beard and you wouldn't you wouldn't tell it's Tingle's father. I think it's the shop owner in the in the in the swamp. Did you get there? Yeah, I've got to that guy. Yeah, that guy is Tingle's father. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that out in the game? Yeah, he says, you know, he says, hey, my son is uh, 35 and single. And it's Tingle. Why, did, he's why did I say that? <laughs> That's so weird. I don't know, but it's, it, it is Tingle, his son. And he, he goes out in a, in, a, in a green costume. Yeah. Tied to a balloon, making maps. And yeah. I mean, Tingle is amazing. Um I always had so much fun in Wind Waker, um, just uh, messing with Tingle. Uh, because uh, you can kind of throw bombs at Tingle. Uh, I assume you can also do the same in Majora's Mask, but in Wind Waker, I, will, like, I, I used to, to throw pigs at Tingle, bombs, all sorts of stuff. Super awesome. That's nice of you. You, you need to play Wind Waker. I think you're going to love you. You would love Wind Waker. Is that uh, on the 3DS? It's on the Wii U. You have a Wii U. Yeah. There's Wii, Wind Waker oh, HD. Oh, HD, yeah. yeah HD, yeah. yeah. You, if, I mean, you like GTA, this sort of let me go whatever I want. There's no time limit. There is the concept of songs also. It's just, you know, you're like an orchestra instead of using an ocarina. Uh, I think you would like Wind Waker. Okay. I love Wind Waker so much. Um, there's another game we played this week, Mike. Yes. Uh, came out on iOS yesterday, uh-huh. Altos Adventure. Yes. Um, so I had a review on my stories. Altos Adventure is an endless runner for iOS. It's a snowboarding game. So you start from the top of a mountain and you need to go down and uh, basically do combos, tricks, and you need to catch... Uh, is that how you say it in English? Llamas? Llama, yeah. Llama, okay. Same in Italian. Um you need to catch llamas and you need to um, uh, collect coins, power-ups. And it's kind of like Ski Safari and other, other Endless Runner games for iOS. Yep. But it's so beautiful. It's, I mean, it's, it's so... I mean, the graphics and the sounds and the music. And it, it is... A, I mean, it's nothing... As I wrote in my review, it, it's not revolutionary or... This sort of concept, like Monument Valley, you're this like this is very much an evolutionary game. It is an evolutionary game, but just I don't know. The design of this game is so unlike other stuff. Mechanically, it borrows from a lot of different games. Um, yeah, and and why when I said to you originally, it was like it feels like Ski Safari Journey and Oli Oli and Oli Oli kind of rolled into <laughs> one, but. And initially, I, I didn't know how I felt about it. But the more I played this game, just the more I fell in love with it. The music is so beautiful and it looks so fantastic. And um, the flow of the game is really great. I, I, the one thing that kind of frustrated me a bit, but I've kind of grown to love it like you have as well, is the way that when you jump, you kind of slow down because of wind resistance. Um, yeah. I really, really, really love this game. I think it's an absolute fantastic iOS game. And it's one that everyone should play. It's like $2, right, or something? Yeah. Um, it's just great. It's just a great iOS game. Like, flat out, I'm I'm enjoying it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... um, 
when I got the first uh, beta of the game a couple of months ago, I wasn't sure because I was like, okay, this is a nicer looking ski safari. I I played ski safari so much. Me too. Um, I, I think these kinds of games are just perfect on, on iOS. Uh, the endless run- runners because you just need to tap on the screen and there's no other complication uh, playing the game. And but this one, I mean, okay, it's nothing revolutionary. It's just you know a take on this genre of game. But the design, it's just it makes me feel relaxed. I think playing yeah. this game, like just sit. It's like Monument Valley. It's just sit there and enjoy the game and. It can be difficult because there's these goals that you need to unlock. Uh, they, they can be tricky. Um, I, I like that there's no social mechanic. There's no in-app purchases. It's just, as Apple said in, in the App Store section, pay once and play kind yep. of game. It's and featured in no, that section. Yeah, of course. There's no uh, challenge your friend Mike to, I don't know, stuff. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't want to challenge you, Mike. That's okay. At least not in this game. I can live with that. You can. Okay. So I I am seeing Michael that you want to also talk about Pokemon Shuffle, <laughs> which is the speaking of yeah. uh, free to play games. Uh, did you get this game? Yes. From, oh, you did. Yeah, I didn't tell you. Uh, yeah, no, you didn't because I I went into our document today and uh, so tell me about Pokemon Shuffle. Pokemon Shuffle is cute and fun. Um, is it? Yeah, really? it's very nice to look uh-huh. at, and it's very nice to play. It's a it's a great game in that kind of style of like uh, the tile switching and matching. That's kind of the way mm-hmm. that you play. It does a really good job of sticking to the idea of Pokemon. So like you play, you have a team of Pokemon that you collect, and you go from like. Um, fight to fight and at the end of each fight if you've done well enough you can catch the Pokemon and basically you you attempt to catch every single one that you fight um, unless it's a boss battle like a trainer battle Uh, and the better you've done in the fight so the quicker you've won and the more moves you have left at the end the more likely you are to catch the the Pokemon it's really really great I I love it but they do the very worst kind of in-app purchase like of free-to-play games, this is one of the worst offending I have ever played. Wow. Okay. So let me Go explain on. to you why I don't why I don't like it. Um, it does that hearts mechanic. You know, like you you kind of lose a heart mechanic. Many of these games, though, you lose a heart if you lose, right? So you, if you if you fail, you lose a heart. And if you fail mm-hmm. five times, you have to wait, you know, or you have to wait for your time to regenerate to get oh, more hearts. Oh, no. There's but a timer? The thing is, though, Federico, every time you play, you lose a heart. Oh. Not every what? time you lose. So you get five hearts, and you wait 25 minutes for each one. What? So you... Every 25 t- minutes for each, for each one? For each one. Something like that. It's like 20 or 25 minutes. So every time you play a level, the hearts stick away. Um, also, you can use coins to buy power-ups that make your chances of winning better or to buy great balls to make your chances of catching Pokemon better. As you can imagine, the better Pokemon are harder to catch and you need to buy great balls, which are very expensive. But to get the coins to buy either the power-ups or the balls, you need to buy jewels, and the jewels allow you to buy hearts or coins. It's such a such a disappointment. 
getting a degree in economics, I think, is simpler yeah. than playing these sort of games. Look, I don't bemoan what Nintendo are doing. <laughs> so why? I mean, just let me give you money instead of yeah, going just, through this. But like as well, it's, oh, it's they're, they, they're employing all of the worst type of free-to-play tactic for this game. My God. Very disappointing because it's a great game. It's really great. And it's just let me give you money and don't ever show me this guy. I mean, because if it's a good game, just let me give you, I don't know, $20 and be done with it. I have a theory about this game. Okay. I think it's going to be the first game to come to mobile devices. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, because the in-app purchases, they're so much easier. I mean, if you're going to go down that route, they're so much easier on iOS than Do on it? the eShop. I'll tell you why I think it. At no point in this game can you use any of the buttons to control it. Mm. No buttons work, only the touchscreen. Could be, could so be an idea. It feels like that. That kind of like seems strange to me. But also, this is like the perfect game to come to to iOS. And the Pokemon Company have released other games on yeah. iOS. Yeah, I think this might come to iOS. Uh, but it's it's a disappointment. It's it's a really fun little game. I would play it a lot actually. But they they got they've gone too aggressive. If if you had to refill the hearts every time you lost, I would be happier about it. But every time you play, that's not right. I I cannot play games with timers. No, I just, it's just against my 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 lifestyle. Yeah, don't restrict. I, don't don't don't. I make the decision about how long I yeah. play a game, not you. Yeah, because I mean, I I reserve those couple of hours each day to play video games, and if I'm supposed to wait, well, in those hours that I save for my Video game hobby, uh, you don't decide how I use my time. You know, yep. I, I'm super against these sort of games. I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, happy. I know that there's good people making these games. They're, they're being maybe forced to implement these mechanics. Uh, but as a, as a customer, I just, I don't care. You know, not the game for me. So anyway, uh, there you go, Mike. We talked about video games again. We did. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, you want to go over to relay.fm slash virtual slash 27. Uh, if you want to find us online, you can find Federico. He's at Fetici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. And Federico writes the fantastic MacStories.net. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, our friends over at Igloo and Squarespace. And we'll be back next time. Until then, bye-bye. Arrivederci. <laughs>